Passion and Purpose Podcast. I'm Dr. Adam Sheck, your host, and if this is your first time tuning in, the Passion and Purpose Podcast is dedicated to sharing ways for you to create more passion and more purpose in your life, in your relationships, in your career, and overall. For those that don't know me, I'm Dr. Adam Sheck, the Passion Doctor. I'm a psychologist, certified couples counselor, and relationship coach practicing in Los Angeles and worldwide through Skype. I've worked with clients for almost 25 years, and it is my great pleasure to share my thoughts and experiences, as well as to interview thought leaders and experts in the fields of passion and purpose. You can learn more about me and my work at my website, www.thepassiondoctor.com. Today, I'm really excited to be interviewing my good friend, Elena McMillan. Now, Elena McMillan has been changing lives for nearly 20 years, teaching people that they don't need to be smarter, they simply need to think smarter. Her formula for upgrading beliefs to improve results is a powerful tool for dating and relationships. Whether you're looking to build confidence, find love, or enhance relationships, these principles always apply. Elena is a speaker, a hypnotherapist, and a coach. She was the host of Naked Talk Radio for five years. That's where I met her. We interviewed there quite some time ago. And she's been featured on PBS, on Playboy Radio, Dateline, and MSNBC. She balances work with her secret nightlife as a stand-up comic. And you can learn more about Elena at elenamcmillan.com. E-L-A-I-N-A. M-C-M-I-L-L-A-N.com, and that will also be in the podcast notes. So, Lainey, it's been a long time. Welcome. I know. Thank you. It's so nice to be on the other end of the interview for a change, with you in particular. It's true. Thanks. You are a master interviewer. You've been doing this for so long, so I really appreciate you taking the time to, to share some of your wisdom with the Passion and Purpose podcast people. There's a, there's a oh. big alliterative kind of thing, huh? <laughs> yeah. It's my pleasure. There's a little more alliteration for you <laughs> to be a yeah. part of this. <clears throat> yeah, we could all use a little more passion and purpose, right? Absolutely, that's why we're here. And our topic today, which we may or may not stay on, but it's always a good place to start, is it's the new year. <laughs> you know, we'll go where we go. It, it, it's the fun of it. It's the new year, and as you and I well know, uh, personally and as well as with our clients, people make New Year's resolutions. And sometimes, I'm not saying for too many people, and certainly not anybody that's listening to this, sometimes we don't <laughs> keep them. So, I wanted to talk to you about that because you have some, some unique approaches to this as well, and we'll just get started uh, on that because you have some thoughts on why resolutions don't work. Yeah, it is the season. Um, it's the perfect topic for right now <clears throat> because uh, I know people will listen to this any time throughout the year, and it's always a relevant conversation. But I think particularly at the beginning of a new year, we all get geared up and we all get excited and we all get present to what we want or what we think we want, um, and, uh, and something tells us now is the time that we're supposed to do it. Like this marker called the new year is that, is that declaration that, you know, it's all going to be different this time. 
And unfortunately, for most people, it really isn't. And the worst part is that we just feel bad about ourselves, which was never the intention of creating these goals or resolutions in the first place. Um, So, yeah, you know, it's kind of cyclical, and then we do the whole thing again next year. (laughs) But we do it next year already with the evidence that it didn't work last year. So we're, you know, kind of setting ourselves up already to um, to fail and to be disappointed. So I think ourselves. Yeah, exactly. And so instead of, you know, like, let's break that cycle. It doesn't mean you can't create an amazing year. It doesn't mean you can't choose January to be that line of demarcation for you. But I think we could talk about how you could do it differently Um, so that, you know, so that it would work. But to answer your question of why resolutions don't work, in my opinion, I think it's because, well, I think it's a couple things, but mainly I think it's because we are so focused on what we should do <laughs> and not necessarily on what we really want. And, um, you know, it's, it's one of those things in my, in my hypnosis practice, um, and I'm sure that this has come up for you with the couples coaching. You know, you can't smoking, smoking for someone else. You can't quit smoking for your significant other because the first, you know, the first time you, you kind of get into an upset with one another, there's this subconscious, well, I'll show you, and then you go smoke again because you weren't really committed to quitting. It was all for yeah. them, and they've pissed you off, so game over, you know, as far as that goes. So I think it's just so important that, you know, all the usual suspects, right, stop smoking, lose weight, put myself out there and start dating, um, go to bed earlier, start exercising. Like those are all the things that I think we're kind of predisposed to think we should do. And, um, and sometimes we're not ready for those things. Um, sometimes we just like smoking and sometimes, you know, like if I, I have a belief that, um, I go to bed, I tend to go to bed late, um, generally around midnight, but if my work day isn't over until, you know, sometimes eight o'clock at night, I want to spend some time when I get home with my kids and then I want to spend some time with my boyfriend and it's just math, you know, if I, if I really am committed to that, then, um, then it's okay for me to go to bed late. You know, I've resolved that for myself, but I have to tell you time and time again, that has been one of my resolutions and then it doesn't work because I'd have to give up something that's actually more important to me in order to make that happen. And then I just feel bad about it. Like, yep, there I go again, you know, not following through on a resolution. And uh, the thing that was supposed to improve my life has only just made me feel bad about myself. So I think that that's the number one thing we could look at is why are we choosing these things as our resolution? Is it because we're really committed to taking that on for ourselves or is it because we think it's it's something that we should do? So that would be the first thing is if you really looked at making sure that the things you chose were things you were really committed to, I think we'd have a different experience. Absolutely. This, this is such brilliant content. Thank you so much. I mean, we're off to, to a, a great role here. Uh, you talk about the shoulds, which um, 
uh, is so so relevant. Um, Virginia Satir, a, a family therapist, probably the the grandmother of family therapy back in the fifties and sixties, talked about the way we should all over ourselves, and yeah. that's you know, it's the truth. It's the truth. It's it's all these shoulds, and a lot of that is based on what society says, on what we say, not really on what our family says. You should lose another five pounds. You should be in a size. Two, or here in Los Angeles, you should be a size minus two. Yeah, you should have to have you know, your zeros taken in. <laughs> that's it. That's it. It can be done. But you, you shouldn't smoke. You shouldn't do this. You shouldn't uh, go on computer dating because that's wrong. You shouldn't blah, blah, blah. So absolutely, the shoulds are fascinating and accurate. And then the why, as you said, we need to come up with the deep reason, the compelling reason. When we have really compelling reasons to create things in our lives, to change things in our lives, that's when, that's when we, can, we can make that change, as you said. And, and uh, even the word resolution, it's to me, what's resolved? Nothing's ever resolved. We resolve to resolve you know, something in the new year, so we're not doing it now in the moment. We're resolving it in that. So um, great content so far, and... You, you um, talked about why they don't work, and the next piece to this really is mindset and how important, you know, Lainey, is mindset to, to creating your resolutions or whatever word we want to use for that now, for the changes you want in your life. Yeah, um, oh, so it's so important. It's everything. I don't think it will ever get enough um, attention or, or that will really ever understand how much of a difference it really, really makes. Here's a great example. We already have it that resolutions don't work because most of us have a lifetime of experience. I think the statistics are something like a third don't even make it through January and then another three quarters don't make it shortly after that. So <laughs> the percentage of these, you know, quote-unquote resolutions that really come to fruition is so small, we all subconsciously have it that they don't work anyway. And and so now the question is how much of an impact does that have on us you know, right. being able to get the results that we want? And I'd say it's probably 90% of it. You know, if we go into something already sure that it isn't going to work and we've got all this evidence to, to back it up, you know, subconsciously, we don't necessarily consciously say, I'm going to lose weight this year. I know I never have before and resolutions don't really work, but I'm going to take this out. Like, it's not, it's not conscious. We really have good intentions when we, when we say we want to do these things. And then we have this subconscious belief that they don't work. So now our subconscious minds job is to go out into the world and look for the evidence to back up what we already believe is true, right? And so, um, you know, we can draw from our own past experiences. We can draw from other people's experiences. Um, but there is no shortage of evidence out there to sabotage ourselves. And, uh, and, and the filter by which we seek evidence is always going to be a result of our beliefs. So how important is mindset to getting what we want? It's probably the most important thing. Um, the power of belief is, uh, is you know, it's kind of like the good news, bad news. We have beliefs about everything. And they don't even occur as beliefs, by the way. They, they tend to occur as true. So like if I wanted right. to look at what my beliefs are, 
I'm not going to look in my belief folder. I'm going to have to look in like my truth file because that's really where this stuff gets stored. Um, and so, you know, if, if I were to really look at that stuff, uh, I would see that I had disempowering beliefs about everything, everything from, oh, my, my capabilities and my limitations to dating and relationships to my body and the economy and, I mean, everything. It's everywhere. And we forget that these are just our beliefs because they seem so true. And so the bad news is we're very often at the effect of it, and most of us don't choose our beliefs. They... And they kind of land on us or spill on us or we inherit them from, you know, just how we grew up. But um, most of us aren't consciously choosing them. Uh, and so we're just at the effect. That's the bad news. The good news is we have total control over it. Once we identify that, if we're willing to level up our belief, even just a little, everything can change. Mm-hmm. Yep, I'm a firm believer in, in exploring your beliefs, understanding cause so that you can change the effects. Because again, the weight, the smoking, the exercise, whatever it is, it's an effect. It's not the cause. There's something deeper. And as you said, it's, it's in those beliefs. And so many of them aren't ours. They're programmed into us in, in childhood uh, and perhaps from generations and, and generations going on as well. So... It's, right. it's, uh, it's critical. And as a hypnotherapist for almost 20 years now, you work with that unconscious. You work with the deeper belief systems with people. Is there one or two suggestions, tips that people can, uh, that you can recommend that people can use, uh, in that? And of course they can consult with you as well. You, you do sessions, uh, all around the world. But is there one or, one or two secrets, some little, uh, tip that you can share? Well, I think when it comes to, you know, first you have to identify the disempowering belief, but once you identify it, I think we have a tendency to want to go, you know, go from, um, so I, here's an example I use sometimes when I, when I speak, um, to like dating services, dating groups. Um, I had a belief that all the good ones are taken. And here again, you know, it, it doesn't, live in my head like, oh, there's this belief. It may or may not be true, but, you know, it occurs like all the good ones are taken. That was not how it was for me. It it was true. And then my subconscious mind is like, see, there's a good one who's taken, and there's a good one who's taken, and there's one right there. And, you know, so I, I was always able to find that validation to support that belief. And then anyone who didn't fit into that belief was like invisible, you know, or peripheral at, at the very least, and and I didn't see them as a possibility. So as an example, once I identified that I had that belief, um, the next step is to upgrade it. And so, you know, this is essentially what I do in hypnosis too, is I find out what people want, you know, what they what their best case scenario is, what they think is standing in their way, and I kind of get a lay of the land, and then I basically level up their beliefs a little and, and tell that to their subconscious mind. But people can do it themselves as well. Once you identify that belief, if you trade up for a new belief, now you have a new possibility. But the trick is, you know, you're not going to go from, my joke is I wasn't going to go from all the good ones are taken to all the good ones are available. And they're all right. in Denver, you know, looking mm-hmm. for single moms. 
Um, Too radical. Yeah, that was a bit of a leap. I wasn't really going to like take that on and go and believe that that was true. But um, I was able to trade all the good ones are taken for some of the good ones are taken, which serves as a reminder of what's possible. Mm-hmm. And I only need one. And that I could yeah. believe. And and like Legos, you can kind of build on it. But you may have to start with, um, you know, I'm unlovable. Let's say that's a belief. To I'm lovable to the right person. You're not going to go from I'm unlovable to everybody loves me. It's just too big a a leap. You're not going to believe that. But you might be able to believe just that little tweak, like, you know what, for the right person, I am lovable or whatever the, you know, the, the belief is underneath it. And so I would say that the one little bit of, you know, the one cheat I could offer is to identify a disempowering belief and and level it up just a little, just even a smidge. It's still believable, but it's a bit of a of an improvement. So for me with, you know, and I only need one, now my subconscious mind goes out into the world going, you know, hmm, maybe maybe there's one over there. Maybe I'll meet one this weekend, maybe, you know, maybe that's one, which is a whole different level of possibility. And now I, I'm probably much more open and approachable and all of that. Well, hopefully not anymore <laughs> because I found, right. I found someone phenomenal, which I really do believe was a direct result of, of that upgrade of the belief. In fact, right. it wasn't even like two weeks later, I went to a dinner party and someone I had known for years and never saw as a possibility walked in and I had this response like, oh, good, Dave's here. And then I was like, what? <laughs> who, who said that? Where was that from? Um, yeah. I had never seen him as a possibility. And so it wasn't until I shifted my belief that I could even see this person who had been there all along. Perfect, and, and congratulations, and that is such a key <laughs> distinction. It's a key distinction, I think, that uh, the listeners uh, need to, to have uh, us repeat again because of what Lainey did is she shifted her belief system, her mindset, and that allowed her to be open and receptive to opportunities that were in her sphere, in, in her life. And that's what we're saying. This isn't about magic, voodoo, anything else. It's not about changing anyone else. It's about changing ourselves and then uh, taking advantage of the opportunity, saying yes to it. And, and the other point she made is not to make these huge, huge leaps. It's, it's, uh, she gave a, a great example in, in a relationship, and the same thing is, is true in, in career, in life purpose, in mission, which is another a specialty of, of mine. It's, I can, can't tell you how many clients come in and it's like, oh, I'm, I'm ready, uh, I'm, I'm making $1,000 a month now, but I'm going to quit my job at the end of the month, and my, mm-hmm. my goal is to be making a million dollars by the end of the year. Right. And while that's nice, that's great, that's, I'm all for it, the unconscious uh, needs to function on some level of believability. If you truly, honestly, right. in, in your soul and yourselves believe that, that's that's one thing, but otherwise it's it's a whole different ball game. You need to take some steps gradually. Okay, maybe I will 
keep my job and start a part-time business and make an extra $1,000 this month doing that and, and build up right. and, and see. Again, not, not putting the kibosh on your dreams, just saying your unconscious needs to believe it. You need to believe it. And until you believe it, it's not going to happen. Oh, so true. I have, I have such a great example with the gym. Um, I had an underlying belief that I'm lazy. In fact, it's funny because for people who know me, you know, I, I can work 70 hours a week and I can always be on the go and I'll have, you know, back-to-back appointments scheduled through the day. So I don't, it doesn't occur like I'm lazy, but that's because... And too. Oh, them, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and cultivate and maintain and sustain a, a really extraordinary relationship too. Um, yes. But... I, I I have this belief, like if I if I were to ever just lie down on the couch, I may never get up again. You know, like I I didn't trust myself because I I had this belief that I was inherently lazy. So I had to I had to like never give myself a chance to um, to fall into that. But with regard to working out, like you can join a gym. You know, that's an action. We tend to be very action-oriented. I want to create a new result, so I'm going to change my action. And we really bypass the whole belief piece of it. So if I take an action to join a gym, which I have done on many occasions, um, but never get to the root, right? Mm -hmm. But never get to the root of the underlying belief that had prevented me from going. It's really just a matter of time before I don't go. And, you know, the interesting thing about it is I, you know, how I transformed that belief was because I don't like exercise. I don't get the high. I don't feel awesome. It really just makes me tired, sometimes nauseous, and then I just want to eat more. So, you know, the occurrence of exercise, I worked out with a trainer for a while, and I mean, it was hardcore. Like, he was running down an alleyway with a big chain around our hips, pulling a a tire. I mean, it was like that kind of workout. And um, I hated it. I hated it. And I and then I made that mean something about me too. Like something's wrong with me because I don't like it. Um, and so at any rate, rather than um, sticking to the belief of I'm lazy or I'm just not cut out for exercise, I shifted it to you know first I had to go to um, I just haven't found the exercise that works for me or that inspires me. Like I, just so that I could stop making myself wrong, you know, I had to start there. Now that's not super empowering, but it was better than where I was before. And then from there I was able to try something new like, you know, Pilates. I like the way I feel like it elongates me or I like, you know, that I feel graceful or, you know, that kind of thing. So now I tend to enjoy Pilates and yoga, which I used to kind of have it like they didn't count if you weren't working really hard and sweating a whole lot and, you know, all just beliefs, not true, but then they became true for me and then they impacted my ability or my inability to exercise. No, it's great, great information again. And and as you said, uh, finding the exercise that you'll enjoy and it doesn't have to be standing in one place running uh, on a treadmill watching a television it it can be anything it can be outdoors but it's it's got to be part of that uh, a, a friend of mine who's a, a personal trainer crystal lowry and a fitness model and uh, i'm hoping to to have her on on the uh, show as well uh, pretty soon says you may not love exercise 
but your body does. Mm. You know, isn't that a great one? Yeah. Your body does, no question. We, we need to pay the rent on our bodies for being <laughs> on the planet. Right. So uh, th- this all makes great sense. Um, one more distinction I- I'd like to have you clarify is the distinction between resolutions and intention. Mm. Yeah, and that, you know, probably the, the biggest the biggest difference is that I think you have a real shot <laughs> with an intention. It's not a word that we've already decided equates to failure. Um, it's not, um, it, you know, it's, it's something, it's, to me, the word intention sort of, um, what I see when I see intention is this blank canvas. And I get to decide. So it's not determined by society, by my parents, by my by my by my ex husband. <laughs> you know, so mm-hmm. much of what we think we want to do or say we want to do is in order to something else. We're not really getting to the root of why we want it in the first place. So, you know, right. I I'll tell you, I my relationship to exercise changed when I had a back injury. Now I, I realized, wow, I at 40, okay, I just turned 44, so I almost said 43, mm-hmm. but you know, last year I was aware that at 43, I was way too young to, to be so tight and uncomfortable when I woke up in the morning. Like I, I would wake up in the right. morning and stand up, and I couldn't stand up straight yet. <laughs> at 43, mm-hmm. what's that going to look like at 83? Um, mm-hmm. So I realized for me, things like yoga and Pilates were just going to make me feel better and feel stronger. And suddenly, things like feeling stronger were more important to me than losing 10 pounds, which was societies. And I grew up in L.A. where, you know, <laughs> where at, at a normal weight, you're 50 pounds overweight because the... the mm-hmm perception of healthy is is based on something that is a little unrealistic um, in it LA should. if the camera if the camera adds 10 pounds and uh, and you can you have to have a space between your thighs two inches wide <laughs> you know you've mm-hmm. got to be 30 pounds underweight to pull that off and so you know at any rate I grew up there and and it all sort of I soaked it all up like it was true, like that's what was attractive and that's what was healthy and that's what what looked good and what men wanted, right? I decided that mm-hmm. all men wanted super skinny women, which is not true, but it was true for me. <laughs> and I mm-hmm. was able to attract the ones or find the ones who did and validate my perception. So at any rate... Um, I know I kind of wandered a bit. I, I think for me, my intention to feel strong was, yeah. you know, created a foundation for me to put, you know, to put into practice exercise. Um, not because I should be 10 pounds lighter, but because I really want to feel stronger and better. And, um, and so, you know, you had mentioned it earlier, so to your point, you really want to find out what's underneath that. So yes. if you have an intention to date, is that because you don't want to be alone? not the most ideal reason to choose a partner or not the most powerful place from which to choose a partner because you know the bar's pretty low if the mm-hmm. if the if the um intention is to not be alone 
That's very different than the intention is to create a partnership, to meet somebody who makes me never want to meet anybody else again, um, to to travel the world with somebody, you know, and, and, and create this, like that's sort of for me the next step in my life 10 years from now. I really want to travel much of the time, most of the time even, and I want somebody who wants to do that too. Um, and so, you know, I created all of that now, and, and the partnership we have now is is to work toward being able to do that in 10 years. But mm-hmm. that all came out of intention, not out of should. And so when you have this blank canvas and you're able to look at what you really want, like what's what's there for you, what is it you're committed to, and then you can create something from there. Now you're motivated, motivated. you've got commitment, you've got um, – chances are, for me, I had never done exercise like that before um, from a place of – I just want to feel stronger and make my body happy versus I want to lose weight. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and it made a huge Big difference. So absolutely, absolutely. Great. And so if people well, thank, can get underneath. Go ahead. Yeah. No, I was yeah, going to say, thank get underneath. You for sharing it. It's so critical. And I've, I've written about this uh, at the Passion Doctor blog as well. Uh, people make resolutions about things, about stuff, about externals. I want to lose weight. I want to stop smoking. I don't want to fight with my partner anymore, whatever that is, but it's an external. And as you said, if you dig deep enough, there's a feeling state underneath. Why do I want to lose the weight? Well, I want to lose the weight so that I can feel attractive. And if I feel attractive, I will feel good about myself. I want to exercise so that I can feel strong, whatever it is, but there's a feeling state underneath. And the feeling state is really going to be the compelling reason to change. Yes, we, un- we need to understand the belief systems and the blocks, and yet underneath, I want to feel good. I want to feel excited. I want to feel creative. I want to feel love. I want to feel peace. Whatever it is, that's mm-hmm. the, the peace underneath that's going to drive us. That's what, what's going to pull us through the, the, the growing pains, the discomfort of changing, because change isn't always smooth sometimes it's a gimme but often you know often there's there's a, a an adjustment phase as you said for us to to accommodate to it so intention sure. resolution makes sense uh, this has been such a wonderful uh podcast you're giving such great uh information and, and content is there anything else you'd like to add to the call any any last thoughts or Mm. Well, you know, one thought I had when you were talking, um, I don't even remember what it was that had me think of it, but, um, you know, in the area of dating and relationships, and those are most of the conversations you and I have had, and they're always great, um, I think that one of the areas that we overlook in terms of, like, what's underneath it all and why do we want to be in a relationship, I think we have so much love to give Mm. And we forget that piece. Like, why do I want to be in a relationship? Because I have all of this love to express. Um, And we have a tendency to look at it like, because I don't want to be alone, because I... You know, should be having babies now because uh, blah blah blah, and and it's all out there, and we forget. Like, what if you really just came from this place of, 
you know, oh, I just, you know, they say service is like one of the greatest feelings. And, and we've both been in situations where we've been able to make a difference for somebody. And it's true, like there's almost nothing that feels better. And the beauty of a relationship is that you get to do that for each other. So you actually get the good feelings of giving it, and then you also get the good feelings of receiving it. But I think we just forget it. We forget, we lose sight of that we are designed to share and to express this great degree of love. And when we're not in a relationship, we're not doing that to the capacity we could, you know. Well said. Well said. Yes, it, in the thousands of, of couples and singles I've worked with over the years, when we're in that level of pain, when we're contracted, when we're in our small self, mm. we're, we're about what can I get? What can I get? I, I need a relationship to get, to fill me, to fill my emptiness. And yet, when we can breathe into it and let go, it, it's about giving. It's about how I feel when I give. Because that's when I feel yeah. full, when I'm giving my love, my gifts, my joy. To, to the world, whether an intimate partner, uh, a business partner, a friend, family. It's, it's about the giving and finding the balance between giving and receiving. That's, that's the magic of it. So that is exactly. a wonderful thing. Yeah, that is a wonderful thank you for that, that final uh, <laughs> wisdom on the call. Um, I, again, want to remind people, this is the incredible Elena McMillan. She is available at her website, www.elenamcmillan.com, for consultation. Um, She's a brilliant hypnotherapist, has done many other things in her life, and can help you get down to those causes if, if you're interested. So thank you for being on the call. I appreciate it so much, and I'm grateful for you. It's, I'm grateful for you in my life in general. You're such a wonderful person and, and have such great information to share as well. Aw, thank you. Thank you for having me on. And I, I mean, we have these conversations all the time anyway, but I love mm-hmm. having them with you, and I love being able to share them too. So thanks for having me. My pleasure. It's, it's been a great call. So this is Dr. Adam Sheck, the Passion Doctor, thanking you all for listening to this Passion and Purpose podcast. You can access it on iTunes or at my website, www.thepassiondoctor.com.